your braids are so cute. I I thought so too up until like five minutes ago. I caught myself on the Zoom and I'm like, I look like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Put a young, fresh Snoop, oh, a baby Snoop. Good. I'm going to get my, my homemade bangs together while you get on up the stairs. Uh, I feel like you're our opening voice and I'm the closing voice. Can okay. we just decide that? <laughs> okay, just, just decided. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Biffers. I am your host, Carol. And I am your host, Ryan. Welcome. We're so happy you are here. Today, we're going to talk about fashion and um, our approach to fashion now that we're a little bit older. And I'm doing a major closet cleanout, and I would love Ryan's help figuring out how to navigate literally boxes of old clothes. So, Uh, Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Just a quick heads up about today's episode. I re-recorded some parts so that the story flowed better and so the audio is not as consistent as I would love it to be. So just so you're aware, there might be some inconsistencies as you're listening. We hope that you listen to the end and without further ado, let's get started. What I think is very interesting about what you just said is I would, I prefer to talk about style. I think Mm. style and fashion especially in today's context, obviously they're incredibly intertwined. But when I think about personal style, when I think about my approach to getting dressed, I think about it more in a sort of um, holistic um, head to toe. What is the feeling I want to have? What, what am I literally, what am I putting on my body? What am I putting on my feet? But also kind of, there's a story there. And yes, fashion is the same. But when I think of fashion, it feels very like housewifey, like mm-hmm. labels and, you know, people sort of fluttering around you and saying like, oh, it's fabulous, darling. It's fabulous. You know, like I just that's for me. I, and I love that, too. But what, as a real person in the world, for me, I tend to term it style. I think you're right. There's a difference between fashion and style. And I think, you know, how you dress is your style. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what are you known for here's my perfect outfit if I can incorporate all of the following things into an outfit and it looks fantastic this is th- that's goals sequins leather denim maybe a little tool and I actually at work the nurse said to me one day I love that when you get dressed you just have so many textures She's like, I always want to pet you. And I, what I realized in saying that aloud is they're all different textures, right? And they all give you different kind of feelings and moods. So the opportunity to put them together is amazing. But also, it's really fun. When mm-hmm. I think about getting dressed, when I think about my favorite clothes, they're really fun. And, they're, and they definitely evoke something within me. You know, I want to put on my motorcycle jacket, a ball skirt, and call it good. Mm-hmm. When did it start for you? Have you always been like this? That's a great question because it's a very funny answer. I think it's funny. The first job I ever wanted to have was fashion designer. And I'm really sad to actually admit to you and anyone who's listening that I decided not to be a fashion designer because I was afraid I wouldn't be successful. Number one. And I was like, well, maybe people won't like what I like. And I was like, you know, nine or 10 years old. 
And also I couldn't draw very well. I used to use the really cool stencils and then draw the clothes and really, well, little did I know I was basically drawing like Manolo Blahnik. I definitely should have like gone on with at least explored what it would have been like, at least tried, you know, but I've always had an idea, I think of what looks good and what looks cool. What I think looks cool on me, I'm not trying to dress the whole world like me. I met this woman, like I was in anthropology yesterday and this woman was talking to me and she told me she was going to a reunion and she doesn't, she doesn't want to show her arms, but she wants to look fantastic. And I picked out stuff for her and she was just like, where did you come from? And thank Uh you. And then I picked up this duster on the way to the to the um, dressing room. And I said, you should try this. She was like, this is fabulous. And I love it. How did you know I would like this? And I was like, "Eh, you just, just seem like you. I guess maybe a second career in my is that I'd like to be a stylist. I think it's so much fun. It's like I get really geeky about it, you know, and the idea, you know, these like fabulous stylists who have access to gorgeous clothes, right? But they have all these different clients. So they're always thinking, you know, can I pull a certain aspect of uh, my client's personality with clothes or what's appropriate for the venue or the event or whatever it is. I think that's such a cool job. That's a very long-winded answer. You can tell that I really like clothes, fashion, and style, and I like to talk about it. Who do you look up to for fashion or for style advice? One particular kind of aesthetic that I really love, especially in the summer, is looking like a really stylish Italian woman on vacation. Oh, I love that. So, you know, things that (laughs) kind of... um, sort of graze the body that move easily, organic materials, subtle prints, um, maybe sometimes not so subtle prints, but really classic shapes. Living in Italy for a little while, it was that was one of the things I loved about how the women dressed. Uh, it wasn't always, you know, effortless. Like there's this um, idea about French fashion that, you know, those women are pulled together, but it also is this idea of being effortless. I actually would make yeah. the argument that in Italy, effort is put in, but it is the result actually is really beautiful, pulled together, and it suits the woman. I love everything that you just said because right now in my life, I am really trying to find my personal style. And what I mean by that is I'm really trying to find what suits me. And separating myself from the noise that's in my head telling me I can't wear something because I have a certain body type or only look for clothing that camouflages quote unquote parts of myself that I don't like or that society views as unattractive like having a belly or having or having cellulite on my legs or uh, one of the things I really love about Instagram for example is discovering influencers who are living their best life and who are not hiding any part of themselves. I've done a lot of work in the past couple of years to really clean out my Instagram of people who don't make me feel good about myself. Um, so that when I look at my feed, it's really curated to be, um, people, a lot of people of color, a lot of people with, uh, different types of bodies and people who are also educating the public about healthism, body diversity, etc. I think one of the biggest hurdles that I'm trying to figure out right now is, you know, how do I dress for work in a way that feels professional and also feels like me? 
we both met working at an independent school in New York City, and we are both currently working at independent schools right now, and the culture is really specific. The first thing that jumps out at you is how people dress. And when I was a new teacher teaching in an independent school on the Upper East Side, I changed the way that I dressed in order to feel like, one, I belonged and made me feel comfortable, but I also wanted to signal to other people that I am qualified, that I am, that I belong here, that I'm good enough. And it just reminds me of when I was growing up, I really wanted, you know, like uh, distressed jeans or I really wanted like skater jeans. And my mother was like totally against that because she knew that people would judge me. I remember her telling me one time um, that black people just have it so much harder. And this is coming from uh, someone who is not black, but observing and closely watching how people treat my father, how people treat my brother and I, how people um, that she loves and her family are treated based on their race and how they look. So I say all that because as I'm trying to find my personal style, especially how I'm dressing at work, I'm trying to be much more cognizant of the fact that how I've been dressing for so long with the types of clothing or the patterns or the places that I shopped, they were so connected to um, like white culture. Having worked in the space with you, I feel like I would just add maybe white preppy, Mm -hmm. right? Like super preppy. Yeah. You know, and it has to come from here in order to be a value and to be acceptable now that I've transitioned to a new kind of role at the school and I'm working in the DEI space, I gave myself permission to have a different aesthetic. And it's not different, like, you know, day and night different. It's, but it is a little bit more relaxed. You know, for example, um, when everyone would wear their jeans and their school t-shirt on Friday, I never felt like I could wear the jeans and a t-shirt you know, I always had to do something, you know, throw a blazer over it, throw a boiled wool coat over it, something to, to kind of elevate it because I didn't feel that I was professional in my jeans and t-shirt. I think that speaks to um, respectability politics. What is professional? Shouldn't professional be my delivery and how I treat you and how I welcome you and not necessarily what I'm wearing, but I think also when it comes to culture, especially being people of color, especially having, you know, black family members, you know, this idea that you dress up, you Uh know, you get dressed to go to work, you look nice to go to work, you have to let the white people know that you are as good, quite frankly, right? Um, That's, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what my grandfather would say. And so it's very hard to stop that tape um and to think yes I'm a professional and for example I stopped the tape today and I wore a three-quarter length sleeve denim boiler suit that zipped up the front and leopard print sandals and a great bag and my aviators and I rocked it out today and so um I say all that to say you know I think I think maybe in different ways what we're both saying is not dressing for other people, dressing for ourselves um, is really the way to go. I'm excited to get to that point. I don't know 
quite yet what my personal style is, but I definitely want effortless. I definitely want cool. I definitely want um, easy um, to put together. So anytime I grab a pair of pants and a top, most of the time it kind of just works together. And I would also really love for a part of my closet to have a bigger section devoted to like going out clothes. I met up with a friend the other night for drinks and I wore um, a denim jumpsuit that you actually told me to buy and I love it. And that has kind of been like my going out outfit. But as I was looking around the bar and I just see everyone dressed up and looking cute. And I was like, this is fun. I want to do this more often. I want to dress up. I want to look cute. And I want to um, go out more, especially now that the, I feel safer going out um, into the world. And it's also really nice to remind myself that I still got it, even after two kids later. <laughs> okay, so with that said, I have... Um, a lot of clothes in boxes. Part of it is because I did move to a new house in February, but full disclosure, a lot of the clothes that were in my closet were already boxed up in my attic well before we wanted to move. These are clothes that I kept because I love them. Um, and I think in my mind, I always thought I would you know, lose enough weight to fit back into them. Um, so I don't know. What do you do with the clothes that you really like? But don't fit anymore. Uh, I, I probably should just donate them or sell them, but it doesn't seem like that's like the easiest thing to do for me. I have no idea. I don't know why. You always give me really good advice. So tell me what I need to do. I love it. Um, I, I think we referenced a few episodes ago when I actually helped you clean out your closet, maybe almost a decade ago. So it feels a little bit full circle right now. And also I feel like this is probably a very innovative use um, of Zoom. You just prop me up on the, on the dresser and then you're just like, some things you don't even need to try on. Cause I'm just going to be like, you need to, you need to bless and release that, you know? Right. <laughs> bless and release. Answers for you. Because I have been thinking about this a lot because I'm in the same was was in the same situation, which is why I have good advice. I ended up going to this um, this uh, seminar about organizing. It's this company um, here, it's called Be Organized. They're a national franchise company and they organize your, they will organize anything for you. And so mm-hmm. these two women who founded the um, chapter in my city gave a talk. And I got one of the women to chat with me afterwards. And I asked her the same question. And she said, I never tell anyone to get rid of anything that means something to them. She said, but what I will tell you to do is to take the things that you are not wearing currently to put them in high quality containers and to take them out of your everyday space, whether that be a basement whether that be a guest room, whether that be an attic, store them well and put them away because out of not, it's not quite out of sight, out of mind. What it is, is not, I can speak for myself in this environment now, in this moment, when I would see things that I love, but couldn't fit every single day, it hurt my feelings. And I was having a whole emotional moment, just getting dressed in the morning every single day. And so when I cleared the closet, when I really kind of culled things down and packed them up lovingly, 
and put them away, I found that I was getting dressed faster with more joy. I was just way, I, I was just less encumbered. And so her advice was good advice. I actually did that probably about three months ago and it's been really great. Um, my next project is not, is to go through them and decide what are things that I'm not going to wear because they don't fit, but also is no longer my style. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sell those things because they're beautiful clothes so I can buy more beautiful clothes. This is all really good advice. I like that. Um, I don't have to make a decision today whether I want to uh, get rid of my clothes. I can just box them up better. And then when I'm in a better place, I can begin to really go through them. I think now that we're talking about this, definitely for me, like getting rid of clothes is um, psychological. There's something there that I kind of need to like work through this wall of mine. I think part of it is finding a personal style and wondering what I want to uh, wear is probably complicating things, which is also why I'm like avoiding it. But stay tuned. I'll let you know what I end up doing once I open those boxes. And I think it will probably be easier once I start. Um, I think just getting started, it's always the hardest part. I have so enjoyed this conversation with you. I'm like, I'm beaming from like, from my soul. Um, This is always, this is fun to do. I like that we get to do this. So let's end with our favorite two questions. Um, I think usually you ask the question, so I, I might, I might screw them up, but here I go jumping in. Okay. So what's making <laughs> you happy these days? Um, what's making me feel good and happy right now? I think it's just, um, having a nice long summer break. Mm. Yeah. I needed this break. Uh, I, I need, uh, even more of a break where I can kind of veg out and be without my children for a little bit but you know I'll take what I can get um no I'm kidding but I am really feeling really kind of happy and really good just having time to sleep Mm -hmm. to see my friends to do this Mm -hmm. um to I took Everett today for his very first swim class oh my gosh yeah it's like three in the afternoon right it's something that I would never get a chance to do during a no- normal working time mm-hmm. so making me and he did really well he was so freaking cute um that's making me feel really happy right now that's awesome how about you uh you know I just got back from a trip um to Seattle to visit my dear friend Laura and um so a few things in there made me really happy one Laura and I were the kind of friends who we met at work, similar to this relationship. And she stopped working at the school. She um, went and found um, a more fabulous job somewhere else. So we were then in this situation where it's like, are we not going to be friends anymore because we don't see each other? So we then, and she was very good about being like, every time we'd hang out, she'd be like, when will I see you again? Put it in your calendar right now. And I love that because I would make time, you know, every other week or at least twice a month we would see each other we'd go to dinner we'd go to lunch I'd stop by have a glass of wine at her house before I went back to my house after work and but we never traveled together turns out we travel really well together nice um 
So, and by travel, I mean like spend a lot of time together, um, eat together, have coffee together, was staying at her, you know, lovely, beautiful home and exploring a new city. I haven't explored a new city in quite some time. Thank you, pandemic. Not thank you, pandemic. It was terrible. So, um, you know, being in, I'd never, I'd been to Seattle before, but I hadn't really explored it. Hadn't really eaten the food that is, the seafood is phenomenal. I don't care if you like oysters or not, you need to eat them when you're there. Um, the different, all the different varieties, went to the Museum of Pop Culture, the most amazing exhibits, the sound, ex the sound experience is not to be missed. Um, so just exploration, time with such a good friend, um, sleep, slept mm -hmm. a lot, um, and just that, you know, that feeling where you are so well rested, so relaxed that you actually don't mind going back to work. Yes. Had that. It was rare, but yeah, it was rare. It was rare. And I, I feel super grateful for that. So that made me feel great, made me really happy. And, and there we go. Um, okay. Final question. It's making you feel beautiful. Easy. My Snoop Dogg braid. <laughs> Can we post a reel of you um, crip walking, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> I recently got my hair braided. Uh, <laughs> and two... <laughs> <laughs> tell them tell them what it looks like i love them though even though i caught myself on zoom i was like oh my god i don't like snoop dog how come no one told me this um it's because you don't look like snoop dog what, she, what she's not describing is that it's parted down the middle and they're the kind of french braids where the braids on the outside and but they're beautifully like yes platted down and neat like you like i just i don't understand how they still look so good I know she's the girl who did a really, really good job and she didn't even charge me. Um, I love them. So what, what I like about them is that I was saying, Ryan, that I uh, usually have my hair like in a bun, kind of just thrown together and like head out the door. What I love about having braids is that I wake up and I feel like I'm like already dressed. Okay. Okay. Like that my hair is done. I don't need to do that. I, just, I can focus on like my, my skincare or my makeup or, or not and still feel fine. Um, my I really want to like scratch my scalp though. I'm like, oh, I'm so itchy. Uh, so I might need to take them down a little bit, but I'm really enjoying them. I love them. You're going to have the most so epic happy. waves when you take them out. You think so? I was wondering about that, but oh, yeah, they're making me feel so pretty. Yeah. You basically have a, an amazing braid out. Just like go down the middle, fluff it up. Oh girl, send me pictures. It's fabulous. Okay. I'll wear that for a few days. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy. I'm so, I was really grateful for her because I was like, uh, I was actually at the salon for a color consult. And then I was just saying, is there anyone here who can like braid my hair real quickly? Um, just so that I could walk out of here looking a little bit better than how I walked, <laughs> walked in. Uh, and the lady was just so sweet. She did it so fast. Um, she wouldn't let me pay. She was like, she's like, mom to mom, I got you. Oh, like, oh my God, thank you so much. So it's been like making me feel so good I actually, and I also got carded the other day when I went oh, to get a drink with my yes. friends I was like I'm almost don't worry about that yes 
I am I am older than 21. Thank you. Wait, what? Here's That's my expired girl. driver's license. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh my gosh. Do the math. <laughs> Do the math. That's Do the math. Right. Oh, uh, making you feel beautiful. Um so as I talk to you on Zoom, I'm realizing that I look a little different. It's because um, I cut my own bangs, um, which sounds crazy, right? It sounds, it sounds crazy, like, but you look It good. sounds so crazy. But here's what I learned. At the beginning of the pandemic, literally in like, I don't know, January, I got my hair cut and I got bangs cut. Really, no one ever really saw the bangs. I let them grow out. And, but I learned how to trim them and I learned how to manage them for the first like six, eight months of the pandemic. And so, um, I was looking at my hair and I was thinking, I like the way it's grown out on the sides for my haircut, but something just felt off. And I, I said, you know what, I'm going to cut some bangs. It's not a big deal. I just cut, you know, two inches and I had bangs, Wow. but, um, I have to, I have to kind of, you know, deal with them a little bit better in the sense that I just need to style them different, like forward and properly trim them. Cause it was a little bit of a, like, you know, 4th of July, like, Hey, I think I need bangs. And John was like, what is happening? And so, uh, but I really like them. I think it frames my face. Well, I, I have more of the haircut that I really uh, aspire to that, you know, the Instagram little folders you save. There's yeah. a, there's a girl whose hair like mine, she's got a haircut like this. And I feel like I've, I'm very close. So I'm excited. I love it. I'm so proud of you for cutting your own bangs and having it look this good. And I also say I was not teen bangs. And you asked me, you cut, I was like, <laughs> don't cut bangs. I know my own experience of my hair sticking out at like a 45 degree it, angle. Here's a public service announcement. If you have curly hair, if you have curly hair and you want to have bangs, do not pull your hair out taut and then cut it. You just, you just, you just let them, you just cut when it's just hanging there. That the only thing that should be touching your bang, the scissors, not that other hand. That is my public service announcement. Thank you. I will also say, don't cut your bangs. That's my yes. public service announcement. That, that's <laughs> probably a it. better one. But if you cannot help yourself, get really sharp scissors and, uh, and you know, and always better to be longer than shorter right your results are amazing I'm like holy cow you look so good well, and I was like you. not in favor of I'm like don't do it You're don't do it hair. don't do it <laughs> but it looks so good I think I think anyone else who would have done this would have um had to like shave their head but yours looks good <laughs> I would well, if I cut oh my own hair I'd be like just take it off I had to start over <laughs> The grow out will be too painful. Take oh it off. Oh gosh, you're so funny. Oh, oh my gosh. Go. Well, this was this has been um, one of my favorite conversations to date, whether the podcast or not. It was so wonderful to chat with you. Yeah. Um, I love I love this. This is I fun. love it too. So um, please follow us um, at the Biffers Podcast on Instagram and um, follow us on Spotify and Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, sorry, um, at the Biffers. So yes, and leave a comment. We would love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Singing.
So Ryan and I discussed a lot in today's episode that I wasn't able to include um, in our final version of the episode, but there's one story I really did want to make sure that I included. So if you're listening, keep listening. It'll play soon. When I was in the fifth grade, my foot grew so much that I was wearing a women's 11 shoe. Do you know how ugly women's 11 shoes were in circa 96? I can't even describe to you how ugly these shoes were that I had to wear because they were the only thing that fit my huge foot as a fifth grader. Are you kidding me? So thankfully I got taller and somehow my foot dealt, was, mm-hmm. it changed, right? And so basically since seventh or eighth grade, I've been a size 10. Um, and thank God for that because the size 11 can be rough. Although in, these, in today's world, 11 is out there, you know, 11, 11 yep. is cute, mm-hmm. you know, um, many designers, Stuart Weitzman and Manola Blahnik and lots of people, but also just like, you know, the people at DSW making 11, you're gonna have to fight those people for it. And it's out there. Oh, this um, is what I was going to tell you. So Whenever traumatic. I think about that size 11 shoe, it was a, <laughs> it was a suede, a light a camel, light camel suede with a, um, what, what would you call it? Not quite a lug sole, but like a Doc Martin sort of bottom. And it was a Mary Jane. It, I think that was the ugliest shoe I ever put on my foot. Horrible. But they were the only, and I wore a uniform. Do you know how those shoes stood out? I look crazy. I look crazy. Oh, I was like, why are my feet so big? My mom was like, I, I actually, my friend Lauren, I think, who wears a size 11, her grandmother had really big feet. And she told Lauren when she was young, you know, because they had the big feet connection, she said, You can't build a church on a shit house foundation. I said, Praise God. So, I'm so sorry you had that experience. I'm so glad we can laugh about it now. That's right. That's right. All right. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Bippers. And as always, thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate you listening. 